Greetings, my fans, fellow pleasure explorers. Um, I would love to welcome you to this next episode of Naughty Time with Glitter Goddess. And yes, it's been a little while since my last podcast, but you know, a goddess does what she does and um, today is the day. So um, today I have a, a very exciting topic, at least it excites me. We'll see how it does for you. But I will be exploring, and I'd love you to explore this with me, um, about archetypes. So that's not a very sexy word, but let's delve into this topic. And there are so many archetypes, so many roles, or so many um, of these kind of overarching threads. You can think of them through um, characters in books, characters in movies, these idealized figures that we have in our fantasies that have a sort of energy that they bring to our fantasies and to our pleasures that nothing else really does. It's like it has its own world and it's okay to have our own world sexually. And sometimes they get shared with others and sometimes they're just between us and these figures that we create. So um, let's delve into this more because there are so many examples of this that I would love to play with. All right, stay tuned. So one of these archetypes is the goddess, and you might be thinking that we will explore that, but I've, I've explored the goddess role in several of my previous podcast episodes, and as you might be able to tell by the title of this particular episode, I have a little bit of a different angle and vantage point to take this time, and I do want to uh, open up a window, a little crack, a little opening into um, my world too. So, um, the virgin and the slut. So this is such a charged concept socially and, um, within the structure of, of what these things mean. But I want to look at them as more these archetypes in our own lives. And you might be listening and not think that you have any relationship to a virgin or a slut, except for maybe your lust or desire or your repulsion by either of them. But I want you to actually begin to look at where the slut and the virgin are parts of our own lives and what implication does that have? So we're not talking about slut shaming anybody. We're not talking about um, revering these or, or making either of them wrong in, in our actions or what we do in our lives. I'm talking about them as these characters and roles that we can either play or interact with that are much more, I guess, in the fantasy realm than in everyday life. So are there parts of you that feel totally virginal? Like when you explore something, even if you've done it before, it's that yearning and that craving and that curiosity that this is the first time it's ever happened. And what, what is this thing called sex? What am I doing when I'm playing between my legs? That to me is that virginal energy. So it's, it's an energy that I really, really enjoy playing with when I masturbate, but not every time. And part of why I wanted to talk about what I play with sometimes when I'm just with me and these, um, these characters or this kind of fantasy with myself 
is I think that there are some threads between these archetypes. And virgin and slut, they're not the only ones. But if you'd like to hear a little bit more, stay tuned because, oh my gosh, I have so, so much more to play with here. <laughs> So I think one of the first times I was ever introduced to these archetypes was actually through art history. So I was studying art. I was studying making art, studio art is what it was called at the college I went to. And also I was an art history minor. And in the very first class that I took of art history, we we looked at these characters. Of course, they weren't called Venus, or sorry, they weren't called Virgin and... <laughs> And, and slut in the in the class, but how are they they were pre- represented was the Madonna and the Venus. So way back in the Paleolithic era, there was the Venus of uh, Villendorf. I don't think we even know who carved this statue, but you can look her up on you know Google anywhere where you search art, and she has sort of exaggerate exaggerated sexual organs you know large breasts and her vulva is just kind of out there and and possibly bigger than what it would be in in life if you were trying to make a really accurate representation which happened much later with art <laughs> there's a little cameo from my cat um so these ideas run through so many threads. And because I have an art background, I did want to talk about art a little bit here. And we have so many Madonnas. They're represented as this virginal figure. She has a baby. She's, she, you know, had this immaculate conception and now she's still a virgin and she's got a halo usually. And these characters, they don't just come from nowhere. It's like, how is it that through so many different cultures, through so many different eras and times, that these representations of a virginal figure, female, and a virginal, um, and a and a sort of sexually liberated female that induces um, sexual desire, like a muse, like this woman who uh, is an object of fantasies, but she's empowered. She knows her strength. Um, looking at the birth of Venus, you know, Botticelli's famous art. Um, I would put her in that category and her, you know, her name is the Venus. So, so these are through all different times and so many different places in the world. But what happens when they come up in our fantasies, when we are some of these characters or interact with them? Um, for me, it gives me a sense of freedom to explore being whoever I would like to be, that I can change in any moment. And have you ever given yourself that level of freedom where you can be one thing in one moment and switch without any sort of notice or any reason to be quite the opposite? So I had to take a little break there. I sent myself on a wild goose chase looking for a sculpture that didn't exist. But since the last segment ended with what if, like how, how these things come together and switching at a moment's notice, this has really helped me to acknowledge how much my um, perceptions of pleasure have changed so much. So let me take you on this little wild goose chase with me. <laughs> so here I was looking online 
there's a sculpture that I could see in my head. She is laying down. There are figures all around her in an orgiastic sort of way. Um, this is, in my head, a religious sculpture. This is about some kind of a liberation where spirit or um, the Holy Ghost or an angel comes and touches her, and she has all these beings around her that she is totally in rapture. So the only name that comes to my head is the Ecstasy of St. Teresa by Bernini. I looked this up. The sculpture is nothing like that. Well, the, the closest part that is like that is that she's sitting, an angel is touching her. She's totally in rapture, but there are no beings around. It's just them two. And she's covered in robes. She's not exposed in any way. So what this reminded me of is my very first um, art history class, which I've spoken about so far already. I remember seeing this sculpture at a time in my life where I had never had an orgasm yet. And I remember thinking, wow, this sculpture is so sexual. How could this ever have gone in a church? And I look at it now and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that the way that I remembered that, the way that I recalled it, is that she's just surrounded by all of these figures and these bodies touching. So it's shown me how my ideas of things have changed, how my pleasures have changed, how my sexual um, liberation actually has opened up. Because now I look at that and I do see the pleasure on her face. She is clearly enraptured. But this this liberation that I thought I had at the time, I don't think I was quite as liberated and quite as free and quite as open as I thought. There was still that barrier of all that clothing surrounding her. And of course, that makes more sense in that time, too. Because, you know, having an orgy in the middle of a church, well, <laughs> is, a, is a little bit less likely to occur in the Renaissance than the, the figure that is there now. Okay, my goodness, still so much to explore. <laughs> So that's the Virgin. She's celebrated for her innocence, for what is to come and hasn't been taken yet. She's celebrated for even her rigidity and her closeness. But I think the more exciting part of this archetype of the Virgin, of the Madonna, is that there's still so much more for her to explore. That everything that she tries is brand new. And I just finished uh, five days or so training horses, and a lot of these are wild and have never been touched before, and some of them are really young horses. So sorry to switch over to an animal topic really fast, <laughs> but what what it showed me is that when I was working with these horses, every single experience that they'd had with a person, it was brand new. They had no reference point for what it was supposed to be, what it could be, what it would be. And there was a gentleness required in my spirit and my interactions with them so that they knew that they were safe. And they came to trust me. And then it was this exciting process of trying new things, learning, and them then becoming adept at different things that they had never even tried before. So again, sorry for the animal reference. I just have been spending five days immersed in a herd of about 76 horses that were rescued. And I went out there to help, um, hopefully get them ready to be finding new homes. But in, it, it did teach me some things more about myself at that time in my life when I hadn't experienced an orgasm yet. 
It was there so much to come, but the part that was less fun about being virginal was that repression. But when we have these archetypes, we can explore them in the way that we desire. They can be idealized. There's no reason to look at what's wrong about the archetype. You can have the pleasures and the fun of each one. And that innocence and that exploration of exploring your body for the first time, it's incredible, especially if your early um, memories of that weren't as fun as they maybe could have been. You can rewrite them in your mind. You can explore them in a new way and you can have your body and the pleasures that you feel be new every single time you receive touch, every time you touch, every time your body feels those tangles of pleasure or excitation or even that little lust of curiosity. And what about the slut? Of course, she's shamed a whole lot. Like just that archetype in general has so much negativity thrown towards her. But, and she deals with that in maybe different sorts of ways in, in movies and, and in, um, in all forms of art, really. But if we're looking at the archetype version, what is the slut? Is she wrong? Is she bad? Or does she just have more fun than you? So this can be totally different for everybody. But for me, the slut is this opening of pleasure. There's no holding her back. There's nothing stopping her. She doesn't judge any moment, any split second of what turns her on. She gives herself fully to the pleasures that she has and she never gives herself up. She's never less for what she experiences always more. Nobody owns her. Nobody controls her. Not even her pleasures control her, but maybe just for a moment she gives in so fully that the pleasure takes her over and that there is that sort of sense of enrapture. She's surrounded by pleasure that everything she interacts with is greater because of her openness and her vulnerability. There's so much vulnerability in that slut moment and that slut archetype. And I look at how much that archetype is shamed. And one of the things that I, it's just a way I see the world, I guess, is that the things that are the most often shamed are strengths. So when you look at the things that we're most ashamed of or that other people um, look down upon, things that seem to discredit people or make them less in other people's eyes, I try to look at, so what is the strength there? Because usually usually people only judge and try to hold things down or people down when they have a strength that that person doing the judging isn't comfortable with. So how much culturally are we not really as a society and even global society ready for that total sexual liberation? Because there's a lot of proving of it. There's a lot of um, of the feminism of sort of forcing that everything's okay. But internally, it's much more sordid, I guess. 
if you have to prove something, it might be because you don't, you may be trying to prove it to yourself even. So I'm looking for something beyond that, beyond proving it's okay to be something or it's not okay to be something else, that something's right, something's wrong. But that slut, she doesn't have to prove anything. And I think that that's what's so fun with playing with this archetype and even sliding back and forth between the two, virgin and slut, slut and virgin. At any moment, it could shift. And at any moment, have you been either or both? Where might you be? That virginal new, new experience seeking being. And where might you be so open to any experience that someone could even call you a slut? And there are other archetypes too. There's the alpha. There's that strong male that knows exactly what he wants next. And there's a sissy who kind of blurs lines and experiences this sort of femininity even though there's that underlying masculinity underneath. And there's the chaser the one who seeks after and the one that chase, the one who's taunting, running away. So there are so many archetypes to play with. And I'm very curious if you have any archetypes that you play with or any of these kind of rules or ideas. I know one thing about um, fantasies with women is it's been studied and at least from what these studies have found, which who knows if it's true or not, that it is very common for women who fantasize to not even necessarily have the face on the characters that she fantasizes about. And I've also heard that rape fantasies are some of the most common fantasies to have. That one, to me, would fall under the chaste and the chaser archetypes. So what archetypes are there out there that excite your mind, excite your body, and and bring vitality to you that maybe can't be explained? There's no logic or reason behind them. They just have a satisfaction and this openness, almost like when you open a book or, or turn on a favorite song where you're transported into another land where normal rules don't apply, but you get to explore it, explore it your way. To me, that is the pleasures of having fantasies. That's the whole point of being able to explore these things is, you know, what if the laws of physics, the laws of society, all these kind of laws that govern some of our actions, maybe more actions than we even really acknowledge. What if that sexual realm is a place where you get to explore these things without the bounds, without the constructs, without the limitations? And I have a very special shout out coming up next. And thank you so much for listening. There's more. I hope that you like the cover art for um, this episode as much as I do. To me, it both exemplifies the virgin and the slut, which I got so excited when I saw it. And I want to give a very special shout out to the artist. Um, You can find more art by this incredible person um, on Instagram, wasted underscore pleasures. And there's more um, if you're interested in seeing these incredible art. A lot of them have this, well, all of them have this beautiful pink background and they're gorgeous graphic line drawings. And I love, I love the the sexiness of them. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) 
<laughs> so beautiful. And uh, they have so much energy to them too. And there's also more at www.redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash wasted pleasures. And if that's way too long to type out for you, just go to um, wasted underscore pleasures on Instagram and there um, the further uh, information and um, merchandise is on the, the link there in the bio. And um, I'm just so grateful that that the artist was willing to have this cover art be a part of this episode. I think it's really important to explore sex and pleasure in a non-judgmental and an open and a freeing sort of way. And if it even incites a little bit of healing and brings um, acceptance to places where you've judged you, that really is one of my main targets with creating these podcast episodes. And also, it's just so darn fun to talk about sex. <laughs> Which might be why this is called Naughty Time with Glitter Goddess. So I didn't actually realize how much this episode was going to be about art. But to me, it's very fitting to have a contemporary artist um, have the cover art of this episode. And I hope you check out his stuff. It's really, really cool. And um, if you want to find more from me, you probably know where to do that. But I recommend that you go to www.worshipglittergoddess.com and you'll see more of what I have to offer there. Also on Twitter, at OneGlitterGoddess, because, you know, there's just one of me. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you um, will delve into looking at what archetypes you like to play with. And as always, you're more than invited to send me a voicemail here on this podcast app called Anchor. It's very easy. Download the app, send me a voice message, and who knows, maybe your voice message will inspire um, further conversations on this podcast. Well, I wish you the most pleasure possible, and then just a touch more, and I will talk with you soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>